I want to talk to you this morning about motive. Motive plays a big role in our lives because motive speaks to understanding why people do what they do. I mean, listen, from an earlier part, uh, I don't know if this generation of parent does this, but when I was growing up, uh, of course, my parents had six children, five boys, one girl. She messed it up, but hey, it is like that's life. But oftentimes, we would get into trouble, and my parents, especially uh, my mom or my, or my dad, they would ask, "Well, why did you do that?" Before I take off the belt and beat you. I want to know why. Maybe if they understood the motive, we wouldn't get the beating or we would get less. And uh, I think motives are important to us. In fact, you'll see in the news, unfortunately, a lot of the, 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 this, these mass shootings, they, they always seek to find motive to try to understand why a person does what they do. And there's a phrase that began resonating in my heart several weeks ago when the Lord gave me this message. And uh, have you ever heard the expression, I get it now? Have you heard that? I get it now. I get it now means I, I understand something that I didn't understand before. I get it now. And in the Christian life, in this journey that we are on, I get it now speaks to us understanding God's motive. Why God does what he does. And that's critical because, listen, by definition, I want to make sure we're all on the same page. So I get it now is a spiritual awakening that transforms the way we live. Until you get it, you don't transform. In other words, until you get it, until there is a spiritual awakening, there is no spiritual growth that takes place in your life or in my life. We need to get it in order to grow spiritually. And this really is critical when it comes to understanding, to getting what the gospel is really all about, the gospel message. So let's break it down this morning. Uh, the first thing I want to lay down is a foundation that everybody knows, but let's go, let's go right into it. In the book of Acts chapter 13, verse 38, it says, Brothers, listen, we are here to proclaim that through this man, Jesus, there is forgiveness for your sins. This is the foundation of the good news, the gospel message uh, that Christ died so that our sins could be forgiven. And we're going to take a journey through our Bible. And when you see this phrase, so that, I want you to repeat it out loud because so that speaks to motive, especially God's motive. 
And so we lay this foundation, first and foremost, that we find that Christ sacrificed his life, that God sent his one and only son to sacrifice his life on the cross so that our sins could be forgiven. Now, the nation of Israel, they didn't get it. And we see the evidence of that because they relied on their religion and rejected Christ's sacrifice as the atonement for their sins. Now, let's connect that to you and I today. We live in a country where uh, because of uh, media, television, video, uh, so many medias available to us, most of us have heard the message about Jesus Christ. Most of us, if, if you pull most people out on the street and say, do you know who Jesus Christ is? But most people will tell you, yeah, he's the son of God and, and they know somewhat the, the gospel story. But having a mental understanding of Christ's sacrifice doesn't mean that you get it. Because your life will not be altered. It will not be transformed until you get it. And until you get it, what winds up happening, most people will trust in their religion and say, well, I don't need a savior because I have my religion. I don't need a savior because I'm part of a specific religion. Or I don't need a savior because I'm a good person. Their personal morality. They feel that I, I'm a good person. So when my time comes and I die, I will gain entrance into heaven because I'm a good person. In other words, they don't get it that Christ died so that their sins could be forgiven. They think their sins are forgiven simply because of their religion or because of their morality. And everybody in this room and those that are watching online, we were in that state at one point in, or another. Some of us today might be in that state. I remember the day that as a young man, I was in a church service very much like this one. And of course, like I said, I grew up understanding the, the, the gospel. I understand it mentally. I, my parents had sent me to church and so uh, I, I knew about the whole story. But that didn't alter my life. And though this one day as a young man, I'm in church and I'm hearing the gospel message, something that I had heard so many times before. But this day, I got it. That day, I understood for the first time the immense love of God through the sacrifice of his son, Jesus Christ, on the cross. And as a result of that, I surrendered my life to Christ that day and said, I want from this moment forward to be a Christian and serve Jesus my spiritual awakening took place because I got it. Come on, somebody say, I, I, I got it now. I get it now. I get it now. It's the foundation of the gospel uh, uh, is the message that Christ died so that our sins could be forgiven. If you believe that, say, I get it now. Now, 
Let me take another step deeper into this understanding. Hebrews chapter 2 verse 14 says, since the children have flesh and blood, he, meaning Jesus, too shared in their humanity so that, come on, say that with me, so that by his death, he might break the power of him who holds the power of death, that is the devil. So now we have another motive of God as to why he sent his son Jesus Christ to die on the cross of Calvary for you and for me. The first motive was so that our sins could be forgiven. But he didn't stop there. No, he wants us to understand. He wants us to get this and say, uh, here it is. I, I want you to know that Christ died on the cross so that the power of the devil could be broken. So that you could be free from his control. For the Bible says in John chapter 8, verse 36, so if the Son sets you free, you are truly what? Free. free. In other words, listen, you can know that mentally. I understand what the Bible says. I understand the words that you're saying. But listen, if you're living under the control of some habit, you don't get it. You see, I get it now means I no longer have to live under the control of any habit. I no longer have to live under the control of a bad temper. I no longer have to live in a way that I know doesn't please God. Why? Because Jesus Christ died to break the power of him who holds death. I get it now. So the devil can't get over on me and tell me things will never change. The devil can't convince me any longer that that cigarette habit will be with me for the rest of my life. No, it will not be for the rest of my life. I get it now. Christ died to break the power of him who holds death. The power of death, that is the devil. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Let me take it another step further. Galatians chapter four, verse five. God sent him, again meaning Jesus, to buy freedom for us who were slaves to the law so that, come on, let me hear that phrase, so that, what? So that he could adopt us as his very own children. So, the motive of God for sending his son Jesus Christ to die on the cross for you and for me was so that our sins could be forgiven. That's number one. But God didn't want to stop there. He said, I just want, don't want you to understand that your sins are forgiven. I want you to know that Jesus went to the cross so that the power of Satan can be broken in your life so that you would no longer live under his control. And now I want you to know that I sent my son to die on the cross of Calvary so that you and I can become part of this great family, that you can be adopted into the family of God. Now, what does that mean? First John chapter three, verse one. See what great love the father has lavished on us that we should be called 
children of God. And that is what we are. So many times, young Christians struggle embracing the truth that they're children of God. I know that used to happen to me when I was young in the Lord. Why? Because there's times that, like Pastor Jason said, that we all stumble. We're imperfect creatures trying to do what's right, but there are times we don't do what's right. And in those moments, we feel guilty. In those moments, we feel condemned. In those moments, we feel unworthy. As I mentioned before, my parents had six children. My mom is here this morning. And uh, she will testify, out of those six, there was only one angel. I will let you meditate on who that angel was. But listen, children misbehave. Children act up. But they're still your children, right? We may mess up. We may misbehave. But we are still the children of God. We are still children of God. Now, let's understand what that means when God talks about adopting us into his family so that we can become the children of God. Because people may say, well, I get that, Pastor. Well, see, becoming a child of God means that you are entering into a loving and active relationship with God. A loving and active relationship with God. So people say, well, I am a child of God. Well, do you really understand that? Do you get what that means? Do you understand God's motive that God adopted you into his family so that you can spend time with him and he can spend time with you? God doesn't want you to get alone with him and read your Bible and pray because you have to. If you do that out of obligation, you don't get it. See, God wants us to get it today. God wants us to understand his motive. I sacrificed my son on the cross so that your sins could be forgiven, so that I could break the power of sin in your life, and so that you and I can get together and have this incredible relationship where you talk to me and I talk to you. Spending time with God should never be an obligation, but a joy. Why? Because you get it. When you get it, your life becomes transformed. Nobody has to tell you to read your Bible because you want to read your Bible. Nobody has to tell you to worship God because you want to worship God. Can I be so transparent with my, my church that I love so much this morning? Listen, if somebody has to exhort you to worship, you don't get it. You've lost understanding as to what God did for you through the cross of Calvary. Every time we get 
the fact that Christ died for us to break uh, the power of sin, to have our sins forgiven, and to bring us into this intimate, loving relationship with God. Worship should be spontaneous. It should erupt all the time. You shouldn't have to wait for your, your song. How many know? How many have a song? Come on, let me see your hands if you're honest this morning. I have a song. I have a song. What do I mean by that? It's a song that when Pastor Jason sings it, it automatically it ushers me into the, I, I can worship now. Do you have a song like that? I got a song like that. But we need to be careful, right? Because what if that song doesn't play? Does that mean all of a sudden not, we don't worship? Well, I can't, I can't get into it. That means you don't get it. Because whenever you get it, the Spirit of the Lord wells up within your soul. And before you know it, you're worshiping him. Come on, somebody say, I get it now. I want to go still deeper now. Listen, 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 15. He, meaning Jesus again, died for everyone so that, come on, say it again with me, so that those who receive his new life will no longer live for themselves. Instead, they will live for Christ who died and was raised for them. Hebrews 9.14, how much more then will the blood of Christ through, who through the eternal spirit offered himself unblemished to God Cleanse our conscience from acts that lead to death so that, come on, say so that with me, so that we may serve the living God. The last motive of why the Father sent his son to the cross of Calvary to die for your sins and for my sins, it wasn't just so that our sins could be forgiven. It wasn't just so that the power of the devil could be broken in our life. And it wasn't just so that we could have this wonderful, loving relationship. But now we have to go even deeper still and recognize that the motive of God in sacrificing his son on the cross of Calvary is so that you and I can give up our life to serve him. Give up our life to serve him. Now, once again, we may say, I get that, Pastor. Well, I would submit to you that if you got it, then your life has to demonstrate it. We all have to ask ourselves, am I serving God? Am I truly serving God? Now, listen to me now, because it might get a little rough at this moment. So buckle your seatbelt and get ready. Just because you serve in the ministry doesn't mean you're serving God. You can be up here worshiping God and say, I'm serving God, I'm in the ministry. Not necessarily. Activity in and of itself doesn't mean you're serving. It is the foundation of it but you have to recognize it's only the foundation. And many of God's people, and I would even say this, with a broken heart, most of God's people don't even do that. 
The bulk of the, the work in the church is done by the few. And people say, well, but, 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 but I, I get the fact that Jesus Christ died on the cross for my sins. Wonderful. And I get the fact that Jesus Christ died on the cross so that the power of Satan could be broken in our life. Oh, I'm great. And I get the fact that Jesus Christ died on the cross so that I could have this intimate relationship with God. Wonderful. Do you know why God did all of that? He did all of that so that you could serve him. Now, what does that mean by that, serving? Serving God means this. Before I serve you, I have to serve him. And that means I have to do whatever he tells me to do. See, because I could be in the choir, and how many know, I, there's this angelic voice that God has blessed me with, and Pastor Jason, you gotta pray for him because he just didn't have the ear to hear that, so he just encouraged me to keep preaching and not to sing. But be that as it may, sometimes we operate on the premise of talent and not God's will. Because I'm good with computers, I should be working in the, in the media department. Because I can sing, I should be in the worship team. Well, what about if God's will is for you to work with children? Mm-hmm. Well, you know, pastor, you know, I, I'm not so sure I want to do that. Don't you get it? If you really get it, you realize it's not about what you want. It's about what God wants. Right? Didn't Jesus in the garden, right before he, was, he knew I was, I'm going to be arrested, he knew God's will is I'm going to be arrested, I'm going to be tortured and brutalized, and then I'm going to be hung on a cross. And in the garden, he, Jesus prayed, God, if it's all possible, I, I don't want to drink that cup. Let this thing pass on. But not what I want. Not my will, but your will be done. He knew that was the Father's will. And, the, and he fulfilled the Father's will all the way to the cross, leaving us this example. You see, in this day and age, Christianity is really all about what you want. I don't want to serve there. I don't want to do that. I don't want this. I don't want those songs. I don't want this. And everything is about what you want. If life is about what you want, you don't get it. Because Christ died on the cross, not so that you can live the life you want, but so that you can live the life God wants. And the, the beauty of these four motives of God is you don't get it just once. Meaning, no matter who you are, no matter how long you've been saved, there are moments where we miss some of these motives from God. Pastor Jason, if you would come. Where, where you could be saved for 20 years and all of a sudden now you could be struggling with some sin that, that you, you, you wonder, how did I get into this place? And now you're, you're even struggling and wondering if God will be able to forgive you for that. I remember that as a young Christian, I used to confess to the Lord uh, the same sin over and over again. Every church meeting, I would come to the altar and I would ask, God forgiveness for the same sin, even though I was not sinning that way anymore. 
But in my mind, I felt I had to continue to ask God to forgive because the sin was so great that one time asking for forgiveness was not enough. Until one day, God spoke to my heart and told me, why are you asking me to forgive you for something that I've already forgiven you on? And here's what God told me. When you do that, you are telling me that the blood of my son isn't strong enough, isn't powerful enough to cleanse your sin the first time. And right there, that moment, I got it. And I never, ever allowed the devil to bring me back there again. Listen to me. Again, it doesn't matter where you are in, the, in your spiritual journey, what stage you're in. We all need fresh reminders from time to time of the motive of God as to why he sent his one and only son to the cross for you and for me. For the forgiveness of our sins. So that he could break the power of the devil and we would not have to live any longer under his control. So that we can become the children of God and enter into this incredible relationship with God. And all of that so that we can serve him and live our life pleasing him, saying, God, today you've given me breath. What is your will for my life today? I want to serve you, God. Show me how I am to serve you today. And sometimes that will be by getting involved and say, hey, uh, they need help on that outreach in two weeks. I'm going to sign up for that. God, God will tell you, I want you to sign up for that. I want you to sign up for this. And, and, and whatever it is, I guarantee you, your first response will probably be, I don't know if I want to do that. But see, you and I are built in such a way that we only want to do what we want to do. And that's the thing that has to get broken in our life. If we really get it, the surrender has to come. In the song that they were singing during the offering, one of the lines in that song was, I found my life when I surrendered it. And until we do that, we're only existing and we're missing out on the great motive of why Christ died on the cross.